Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Even If podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lowe, and it's so good to be here with you today. Several months ago, I knew I would be starting a series today on the fruit of the Spirit, and I had lined out stories of faith for each of the fruits of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Well, that being said, I had a story all lined up and ready to go about the fruit of love for today's episode. But have you ever just known that God was asking you to change directions and you really just can't explain it inside, but there is something in you that's just telling you that what you are planning on doing isn't the right course of action and you need to change directions. Well, that's what happened to me on that drive home yesterday. And I came home, sat down at my computer and began to write what I felt like he was sharing in me. And I, I think it's beautiful. I think what he showed me is beautiful because I think that you, the body of Christ is gorgeous. And so today's story is a beautiful story of love in one of the most unexpected places. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Last Monday, January 2nd, the world watched in real time as DeMar Hamlin tackled T. Higgins on what looked like a fairly tough but routine defensive play. We watched him pop up after the hit and then crumple on the field. I happened to be watching it with my husband and son, and I saw him hit the ground. The TV network quickly cut to commercial. It come back only to go to commercial again. And if my memory serves me well, that happened, I think, four times. You knew something was wrong. You just began to think, surely this isn't as bad. Surely, surely this isn't what I think it is. During one of those commercial breaks, I got on Twitter and I learned that CPR was being done on the field. And like so many of you, my heart sank. I remember praying for him right there as I sat on our bed in disbelief of what was happening. We learned later that night that DeMar Hamlin had suffered cardiac arrest. The first responders on the field performed CPR on DeMar for nine minutes. For nine minutes, they labored over and over and over, a hundred beats a minute, to keep that heart beating pumping blood through his body as he lay lifeless on the field. That physical act of pumping his heart for him. That is love. They breathed air into his lungs to keep oxygen in his brain while he could not do so for himself. That is love. I watched teammates standing shoulder to shoulder forming a hedge of protection around the scene unfolding on that field as though they were protectors of their teammate and friend. I watched their tears running down their faces, locked arm in arm, uttering prayers that, my friends, is love. I watched the opposing team 
praying and consoling and grieving with guys they had been hell-bent on beating just minutes ago. That is love. After what seemed like an hour, those exhausted medics loaded Damar Hamlin, clinging to life, in the back of that ambulance, and teammates came together on the field to offer prayer to the only one who could save their friend. That, that is love. And just then, when the world began to wonder how in the world these two teams could possibly resume this game, I watched Zach Taylor, the head coach for the Bengals, walk across the field to the Bills sideline where Sean McDermott was standing. And I don't know what was said, but yet I don't think it's a far stretch of imagination that these two coaches agreed that it was in the best interest of their teams that they take their players off the field. As the leaders of their teams, they are the shepherds of each of those men. And so protecting those players after witnessing that protection, that is love at its most basic and fundamental level. I saw reports later of players who Ubered to the hospital to be near their teammate and several Bengals players too. I watched the outpouring on social media, calls to prayer, candlelight vigils outside the hospital. That, that is love. Damar had started a GoFundMe to benefit Toys for Tots and the kids in his hometown. His initial goal was $2,500. And as of this morning, I I looked this morning before I started recording, more than $8.5 million from over 244,000 individuals had been given I don't know if you do the math on that real quick, but I got my calculator out. And that average is out to about $35 a person. But whether you gave $5 or $5,000, people showed up literally by the thousands to love on kids who didn't have much. And that town will forever be blessed by the generosity of each of you who gave. That is love. On ESPN that night, Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark, those two men stepped up and filled our homes with the truth and raw honesty we were all feeling that night. In that too, they displayed love towards so many of us who were hurting. How can I miss Dan Orlovsky? And if I mispronounced his name, y'all forgive me. He was praying on TV, praying on TV. His love for Jesus was on full display that day, my friends. But more than anything, over and over and over, I witnessed an outpouring of love. It was an unexpected moment that is now etched in our minds and our hearts forever. And I, I've been thinking about love a lot this week anyways, since it was the fruit I was planning to speak on. I had a story about a husband and wife that I was going to share with you, and, and I'll still do that one of these days. It's a great story. But love isn't just marriage. It isn't just family and dear friends. And most importantly, love isn't a feeling. The actual Hebrew word for love used in 1 Corinthians 13 and then again in Galatians 5.22 is the word agape, which at its essence is sacrificial love that binds. Agape is a love that is 
selfless and pure, and it's not driven by feeling or emotion. You know, I can't get those first responders out of my mind. The athletic trainers and the physicians and the medics who breathed life back into Damar when he couldn't do so for himself. That's love, my friends. Doing for others what they can't do for themselves. I think as a culture, we have cheapened the word love. We love everything. I love ya. I love coffee. I love that book. You know, we use that word so flippantly. And, and I'll confess, I'm just as guilty as anybody. I say I love all the time, but that's not the word we're talking about here. Today, I'm reminded that love in its highest and its best form is transformational and it's radical. It saves. It holds another human life up when they can't do it themselves. Jesus did it for you and I on that cross and that grave. I got to tell you, all of this reminded me of a book I read last year. And uh, if you haven't read Everybody Always by Bob Goff, go get yourself a copy and read it. Because in the book, he talks about becoming love. And in one part of the book, he talks about the realization that he needed more patience in his life. And so Bob goes to the hardware store, buys a metal bucket, and proceeded to carry it everywhere with him for three weeks as a reminder to fill his life with patience every day. So every meeting he went to, every, I mean, he went to the grocery store, he carried his metal bucket. He went to meet clients, he carried his metal bucket every day for three weeks because he wanted to learn to remind himself to fill himself up with patience every day. Well, he goes on in that story to talk about how we become whatever we fill ourselves up with. If we fill ourselves up with business deals and work and the next client or the next promotion, we become that. But if we fill ourselves up with love, we can actually become love. And I don't know about you, that's what I want. And if that means I need to get myself a metal bucket and carry it around with me so I can remember to fill myself up with love, I I will do it. In that book, Bob talks a lot about what becoming love looks like. It's about loving people who are difficult and demanding and disappointing. It's about loving the people who can't love us back or refuse to do so without distinction or limitations. And maybe it's just me, but sometimes that's where it's hard. I can love my family and my friends. I can love my coworkers. I can even love the lady who carries out my groceries. What's hard is for me to love people who hurt me, the people who are rude, the people who talk about me behind my back, the people who hurt my children. Oof, I don't, I don't know if there's anything harder than loving someone who's hurt my child. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about, uh, woe to him who hurts God's children. And you know, I, I kind of understand that as a parent. Bearing fruit means living more like Jesus. And Jesus loved everyone, always. I think it starts by recognizing the love he has for us. We can't give what we don't have. I love that quote. I don't know who said it, but we can't give what we don't have. And it starts by recognizing the love that God has for each of us. So fill yourself up with love today, my friends. Fill yourself up with love. Let love overflow from your heart as you move forward. When you encounter the people who are easy to love and the ones who are (laughs) not so easy. 
It's easy to love the ones who love you back, but God never asks us to just love the easies. I want to, before we close out, I, I have one more thing I want to tell you. And I debated whether or not I should even address it, but but I'm going to, because it was such a powerful moment in my life. You know, I've talked to y'all about being hot, humble, open, and transparent. Uh, that's not an original by me. That's from Mike Todd at uh, Transformation Church is where I heard it. But if I'm going to be humble and open and transparent with you, it, it starts by being honest with you that I, I found myself in the very beginning editing these episodes, sometimes out of necessity because I was so terrible at speaking, but other times I would edit them because I have, let me, let me back up for just a second. I have access to a software that enables me to edit uh, what I say. I can cut things out and I, if I pause too long, I can, you know, kind of close the space. And anyways, it's, it's a great software tool. It's a, and it's a wonderful tool. But I found myself editing sometimes the places where the Holy Spirit was trying to move. And I was convicted last week that there are times where I was editing things out that the Holy Spirit needed to use in your lives. So I have decided that in the coming weeks, there may be points where I feel entirely awkward about leaving something in. But if the Holy Spirit convicts me, I will leave it. And just like today, he took me to a different story with less than 24 hours to prepare. And do you know how scary that is? I'm an Enneagram 7. If you know the Enneagram, if you don't, we ought to talk about it. But as an Enneagram 7 under stress, I become a 1. And so I get very legalistic and perfectionistic. And so he's asking me to just relax and let flow through me what I can trust and what I can trust is the Holy Spirit. And I think maybe that's a word for a lot of us, because if you want to tie it all back together, if we want the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we have to allow the Spirit first. It's not about the fruit, y'all. It's about the Spirit. I think that's a word. I think that's a word in and of itself. If we want the fruit of the Spirit, we have to want the Spirit. If we want the fruit of the Spirit, we got to want the Spirit. Let that sink in. I'm letting that sink in as I sit here. And I don't know about you, but I want more Spirit than ever. I need it. And so as we examine these fruits of the Spirit, I am excited to see how God transforms each of our lives. I'm excited to see how he grows us up. You know, as an Enneagram 7, um, I am kind of that girl who's always looking for the next fun thing to do. I'm incredible at coming up with ideas, and and uh, you should ask my family about my vacation planning skills. I, I'm a pro. What I'm not great about is being patient. What I'm not great about is self-control. And I can't wait to see how God grows me up this year in that. And I can't wait to hear how he's growing you up too. I would be remiss if I did not ask you that uh, if, if this story has blessed you today, share it with a friend. If somebody else you know needs to know and understand what the fruit of love is, share it. Send it to a friend. Whoever it is that God has placed on your heart that needs to hear about 
God's love and how love shows up. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast, that's where you click the little follow button at the top or, you know, whatever it is on Spotify or Apple. So if you would subscribe, I would be, I'd just be honored. Today, I can see some of you in my mind's eye as I am recording this. And so many of you that I know are trying to walk this life out in the most faithful way possible. And I am incredibly proud of the effort that you put forth every day to be a faithful servant of the talents and the gifts that God has given you. And I hope that each of you will meet me back here next week as we talk about joy and how it has shown up in the life of the story that I'm going to share with you and in the lives of so many believers I have the privilege of knowing. Thank you for being here today. And good Lord willing, I will see you next week. 